Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The Toby Gribben Show. Podcast. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Toby Gribben Show podcast. Don't forget you can listen to the full show live at shoutradio.org.uk and all of the clips right here on the podcast. Anyway, enjoy the interview. Acast recommends podcasts we love. In 1846, a ship carrying 150 female convicts left Dublin Bay for the penal colonies in Australia. This ended one of the most sensational trials in Irish history. Murder at Mother Mountain, a true crime podcast epic of sex, murder and redemption in the Victorian world, tells this forgotten story. Begins June 20th at the Irish History Podcast. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including... The Tommy, Hector and Larita podcast and the one you're listening to right now. Aaron Phipps is a gold medal winning Paralympic champion from the Tokyo 2020 Games. He has scaled Kilimanjaro on his hands and knees for charity and has been voted in the top 100 most influential people in the UK with a disability. And he's on the line with us here just now. How are you today? I'm good, thank you, Toby. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. So how did your journey into wheelchair rugby actually start it started through wheelchair racing i've done a couple of 10k races um that led me into doing the london marathon at which point someone said you should go and try this sport i went along to give it a go i got smashed out of a wheelchair which had never happened to me before uh loved it bought out a dark side of me which i didn't know i had it turns out i love smashing people out of their wheelchair and it goes from there but i guess the elephant in the room is people are probably interested to hear as to why i'm an amputee i'm guessing yeah (laughs) it's a thing with a pog see i'm not used to this it's weird i don't have a hidden disability i've got a very obvious disability and if you were to meet me in person you'd see that but no i'm a bilateral baloney amputee because i had meningitis or sepsis when i was 15 yeah and when you first get that diagnosis if you like does that set you back a bit like oh i'm never gonna be able to be a sports person yeah it was completely overwhelming i'm Mm. uh i was in hospital for a year and just trying to put my life back together at the at that time i wasn't thinking about sport or anything really i was just happy to be learning how to hold a knife and fork again and you know learning how to walk so it wasn't on my radar straight away um it's everything that happened since I've just fallen into but what it did do was it almost sparked a light bulb above my head and made me take every opportunity that I could yeah and of course wheelchair rugby that was originally called murder ball right yeah so it was invented in Canada in the 70s um there was four quadriplegics who were too disabled to play um, wheelchair basketball they didn't have a sport so they came up with this sport where you could use a volleyball pass to any which way but you could crash into each other they called it murder ball they then struggled to get corporate sponsorship for a sport named murder ball and they couldn't enter into the paralympics called murder
convertible, so they changed the name to wheelchair rugby. Yeah, and it's not really much like rugby, is it? <laughs> no, not at all. No, we play on yeah. a basketball court, four players on each team. We play with a volleyball. But do you know what I love about it? We've kind of got that um, that rugby mentality. You know, mm. we all have respect for the ref, and we've got that ethos where we all just support each other. You know, yeah. uh, at the Paralympics, we beat Japan in the semi final at home games, and they were even coming into our changing rooms and congratulating us. You know, yeah. and that's what that's. I really love that part of the game. Yeah, the first Paralympics you competed in was 2012, wasn't it? What was it like competing in the Paralympics in your own country? Oh, it was amazing. It was like we were movie stars for a few weeks. Yeah. It, it was unreal. It was um the hype around it. You know, the way they just built up and up and up, and we just did it so well, didn't we? Yeah. Everyone still remembers those games. People I speak to now, they went, I went when I was a kid, or my parents took me, or parents took their kids. You know, everybody, their eyes light up when they talk about it even now after all these years. And I don't think there's had many events that, you know, people would say, I went to that and it was cool, but mm. not like that. You know, the way that people are still buzzing about it now, all these years on. Yeah. Um, in terms of the Paralympics, we nearly sold out the entire event, which was yeah. phenomenal. That never happened before. Yeah. And there seems to be this consensus, isn't there, that the London Paralympics were a game changer. They were maybe the first time that people sort of heard about the Paralympics and found out that they were actually worth watching. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I think um, it was I th- well, a couple of things happened. Mm. We um, we invented it. It was invented in Aylesbury at Stoke Mandeville. So we invented yeah. it. So they like the Olympic torch, uh, you know, over in um, Athens. But, you know, the Paralympic torch is lit in, lit in Aylesbury. And I really like that about mm. it. So and I think we get it in that sense. Yeah. Um, but we nearly sold out the whole event. And, you know, Channel 4 winning the rights. So they put on those amazing adverts, which was just phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And what part of those Paralympics were you the proudest of? Probably the way that the country came together in that time. I mean, <laughs> in terms of my sport, we came fifth. So let's not talk about that. <laughs> but um, the, the way that the country came together... And I think uh-huh. we now live in one of the most inclusive countries in the entire world now because of that game. Yeah. And, you know, things like the la- programs like The Last Leg, that, that wasn't mm. a thing before London. You know, it just it just changed perceptions of disability overnight. And to be part of that journey that's continued since that moment has, has been um, really humbling, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And as well, Great Britain as a team, for whatever reason, we actually do a lot better in the Paralympics than the Olympics don't we <laughs> both teams do really well we're smashing it in the olympics and the paralympics yeah. but paralympics gb yeah we are particularly good yeah. we are particularly good i, I don't you know i can't tell you why that is but yeah we, we win the medals left right and center we're way up on the the table so yeah it was brilliant <laughs> yeah last year in the 2020 paralympics which were held in 2021 you were part of the team that won the gold in wheelchair rugby did you expect to go all the way and when? No, we um, <laughs> we are ranked fifth in the world. No European team had ever won a medal in the rugby. Wow. If I'm being honest, I would have been over the moon with a bronze medal. Um, so to go all the way in the way that we did was like something out of a fairy tale. And, you know, it was a whole lot of hard work, planning, preparation, performance. Uh, everything just came together at the right time for us. Yeah. And um, we just had that belief that we could do it. And yeah, everything that's that's spun off after that as well. It's just been the most amazing six months, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And how was preparing for it? Because I suppose you would have presumed it was going to actually happen in 2020. 
and then it didn't, did that make things a lot harder? <laughs> yeah, it did. We, um, you know, look, look, I will just make a point here. Mm. I'm only talking about sport, you know, with the pandemic for anyone yeah. who lost a loved one, etc. This is insignificant, but I w- I'll tell you my story. So I'd just like to mm. make that point before I say this. Of course. You know, my entire lifestyle, or my, not lifestyle, my entire life was built around peaking at that Games in August. You know, yeah. everything I was doing, um, you've got this performance focus where every decision you're making, you know, is this going to make me better at playing wheelchair rugby? And you're kind of on a knife edge and you're building up, building up towards this huge event. So when it got cancelled, I was really lost. I mean, mm. you don't just cancel the biggest sporting event in the entire world. It doesn't happen. Yeah. It just happens like every four years, like clockwork. Yes, please. Acast recommends podcasts we love. In 1846, a ship carrying 150 female convicts left Dublin Bay for the penal colonies in Australia. This ended one of the most sensational trials in Irish history. Murder at Mother Mountain, a true crime podcast epic of sex, murder and redemption in the Victorian world, tells this forgotten story. Begins June 20th at the Irish History Podcast. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the Tommy, Hector and Loretta podcast and the one you're listening to right now. Um, so it was just, well, we, you, we all lived through it. It was just so unusual, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and I had to kind of take my foot off the gas for a while. And we went back into training and that was really peculiar because we were wearing masks and things and we're on our own in the court to start with. And it, and it built up and it built up as it did. Um, but the way that Japan put the games on in the middle of a pandemic was phenomenal. Like, yeah. you know, it was, it obviously wasn't as good having the crowds there. It was never going to be. But what they did, considering the circumstances, was unbelievable. Yeah, definitely. Now, what would you say is the biggest thing that you've learnt from your teammates? That's a good question. I think, you know, we spend so much time together and you're constantly evolving. It's not it's not kind of one thing. We're looking for every gain all the time. I mean, I'm quite humbled by them. I'm the least disabled person on my wheelchair rugby team and a few of my teammates are really incredibly disabled. Yeah. And the way that they just get on with their life, you know, uh, as a double amputee, for most people, you go, wow, you're an amputee. And I'm looking and thinking, blimey, you know, some of my teammates are tetraplegic, which means they've broken their neck up really high. But the way they just get on with it and don't moan about anything, and we all graft and we're a high-performance team, that's probably the biggest thing I learned from them. Yeah. And it's interesting you mentioned you're the least disabled person because in most Paralympic events, you know, you're competing against people of similar disability. So how does that work in a team event overall? Is the team equally disabled as the opposite team or <laughs> yeah 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 we are so it's you have to go through the classification process so yeah we you go in front of a panel of professionals um, normally volunteers that give up their time but they're kind of doctors physios ot's nurses etc like clinical professionals and they will look at what you can and can't do with your body so mm. as a kind of rule in our sport i would be the least disabled in wheelchair rugby but i would be kind of the most disabled in wheelchair basketball so wheelchair basketball oh. is kind of a step up you could play that as like a single leg amputee but in wheelchair rugby you have to have a disability in three or four limbs to be eligible Mm. so you know there's some people that it's quite sad but they'll go through classification and they will say i'm sorry but you you, you're not able to play this game you're too you're not disabled enough um but there has to be a cutoff you see to make it consistent across the board so yeah each team has a set of players with different 
disabilities, you're given a set of points. You carry more points if you're less disabled. You carry less points if you're more disabled. Yeah. So I wonder, is there somebody that really wants to play wheelchair rugby? Can you just advise them, don't cut off your limbs because it's not really a good idea, is it? <laughs> no, they can still play for fun. Mm. I mean, they wouldn't be able to play in the Paralympics. <laughs> you know what? This is, is another lovely thing about our sport. So I see it now where you've got, you know, club teams and there'll be a young person will come along to play with the squad and their able-bodied brother or sister will jump in a chair and play with them and train with them because yeah. you can. Once everyone gets in a wheelchair, it doesn't matter. It just becomes sport. Of course, they'd never be able to compete at the Paralympics, but but why not? And I think mm. that's the mindset of people now and it hasn't always been like that and that's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Now, another really cool thing you did was you climbed Mount Kilimanjaro on your hands and knees literally where did that idea come from well yeah yeah okay so the plan wasn't to climb it on my hands and knees the plan mm. was to become the first disabled person to do it in a wheelchair unaided yeah. and um yeah i'm raised lots of money for charity i raised money for the meningitis research foundation um charity quite close to my heart for obvious reasons and, and it just started as a ridiculous charity challenge so that was the idea um but it was quite clear very quickly into the climb that the wheelchair wasn't going to cope and at that point they said to me we're going to have to carry you and I not very politely said no you're not and um, I duct tape a set of knee pads to my legs refused any help from the guides and crawled on my hands and knees for four days to get to the top wow four days is a long time did you ever feel like just giving up at any point or did you have a lot of determination no I felt like giving up constantly I laid in my sleeping bag at night crying and um, I cried for quite a lot of the crime climb but the thing was I going to get carried like, i've been on national telly talking about this challenge um yeah. get a film crew with us and you know i've told you i'm the least disabled person on my wheelchair rugby team if i've been yeah. carried up that mountain like, i'd have never heard the end of it <laughs> i would have always been that guy that got carried up the mountain they would have rinsed <laughs> me forever so there was no way i was going to get carried i mean I, I joke about it but no i just i'm stubborn and i i just couldn't let everybody down so and i didn't realize what i'd achieved yeah. i just did it. it it seemed normal i was like well i'm not gonna get carried i'll just crawl and it wasn't until I got home and I spoke to people and they said, how did it go? And I went, well, the wheelchair couldn't cope. So I crawled and people would say, what do you mean you crawled? And that's kind of when I realised what I'd achieved. Yeah. And earlier this year in the New Year's Honours, you were awarded an MBE. That must have been exciting, maybe surprising. It was really cool. It's Yeah, I had some amazing things this year. I keep adding letters to my name and it's bonkers, really. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the MBE, I'm going to collect that very soon. So um, that, that's going to be a really special day. Myself yeah. and my wife, Vicky, are going down to, to get that. So, um, yeah, really, really excited about that. I got an honorary doctorate as well from wow. um, Southampton Solent University. And now as Paralympians, we can put PRY after our name as well. So uh -huh. like I say, my name keeps keep getting longer and longer. It's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the big question. Are you going to be competing in Paris? I'd like to. So I wanted to take my daughters to the Paralympics in Tokyo, obviously. But because of COVID, there was no spectators. So yeah. I'm going to try and do a couple more years. But... I'm not getting any younger. Everything hurts now. So um, mm. I've got to stay injury free. I'm touching some wood here. You can hear that. I'm yeah. touching wood. I'm, I'm hoping to. We're going to see how it goes. Yeah. And are there other events that maybe you can compete in before the Olympics? Because I know the Commonwealth Games are coming up, but they don't do wheelchair rugby there, do they? We, yeah, our cycle always continues. So we're, we're playing games um, 
uh, quite a lot of the time, you know, we go off to sort of friendly tournaments where we're playing against other countries and things. The biggest one this year we've got in October is the World Championships. Mm. And next year we've got the European Championships and they're actually happening in the UK, actually. So that's cool. So wow. people got to come down and watch that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, where can we keep up to date with you everywhere? Right, <laughs> me everywhere. So I'm all over socials and that's at Aaron Phipps, GBWR. I've got a website as well, AaronPhipps.com. In terms of wheelchair rugby, if people want to give that a go, the best place is the Great Britain Wheelchair Rugby website, which is gbwr.org.uk. Great. Well, many thanks for joining us today. It's been great to have you here. Yeah, cheers, Toby. Thanks very much for your time. Hey there, listener. Do you have something to say? Then you're already a podcaster. You just don't know it yet. Whether you love to shoot the breeze of friends, have an urge to share your passion with the world, or even want to grow your business, you've got something worth saying with a podcast. With Acast, it couldn't be easier to start your own show. Launch, grow, and make money from your podcast across all listening platforms. If you have something to say, you're a podcaster. Head over to Acast.com to get started for free. The Throbbing Post of Sound, the Toby Gribben Show.